All right, g'day guys. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually updated my podcast um, because I was in hospital, which which is great. You know, love love going to hospital. It's 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 amazing. I okay, I'm I'm being a bit sarcastic because the, the nurse the nurses there were amazing. They're all lovely. They're all supportive. Didn't have single issue with the nurses. My only issue was with the intense soul crushing boredom. And I was in there for 17 days, I think it was, before I was set free. And before that, I was just feeling really unwell and just not up, not up to recording stuff. Even recording music, that kind of has been ignored too. Uh, because I just didn't have the energy. And even now, I don't really have energy because I'm not allowed to eat food. I'm on a... Um, nasogastric friggin feed drip 24-7 because I can't have food so I'll give you the whole story since you know I'm here and I may as well on August 11th I had a gastric sleeve done now that for those who aren't aware is where you have about 80% of your stomach taken out and what's left is turned into a sleeve, into a tube. And that's all you've got for your stomach. And everything went well. And I was only in hospital that time for uh, three days, I think. I think I got out on the third day or maybe I got out on the fourth day. Anyway, it wasn't very long. And everything was seemingly going fine. Yeah, I could only have fluids for a while and I dealt with that. And I'll be doing that again. And I didn't have any issues after the surgery. A little bit of pain, but I mean, I did just have a surgery, so pain is to be expected. But I had pain relief for that, which was fine. Then fast forward five weeks. Now, all my um, keyhole wounds, because it was all keyhole surgery had healed except for one, which was the <coughs> primary incision site where they had, it was a bit bigger because they had to put the um, clamps in there to move my liver out of the way so they could get to the stomach and then cut the stomach away, etc., etc. That one was the only one that hadn't healed and I noticed that it was getting a bit infected at the very top and I was like, okay, better deal with that. We can't um, let that get too bad. So I went to my GP, my general doctor. And he was like, okay, uh, yeah, a little bit of an infection, that's fine. I'll give you some antibiotics. I'll give you some antibiotic cream as well. Uh, just apply the cream, you know, when you need to and take the antibiotic pill so-and-so times a day. And I was like, okay, right. So I picked the pills up from the pharmacy and the pharmacist was like, all right, so you can take one tonight and then start fresh tomorrow. It's like, okay, cool. So I went home and I took the antibiotic that I was meant to take and shit kind of spiraled out of control there. Turns out I'm allergic to um, Kevlosporins, which is the type of antibiotic I was prescribed. And I had a bit of anaphylaxis, which, if people don't know, is an allergic reaction, but a severe allergic reaction. And it made me very, very, very sick. 
Um, but I ended up falling asleep and then I woke up at about 4am and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to vomit. So I rushed to the bathroom and yes, I I vomited, which is lovely. I do apologize, but we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the grossness. So if that's not for you, I would suggest, well, not listening from this point on. Um, and yes, I vomited. So kind of felt a bit iffy, but I just wasn't vomiting anymore. So I went back to bed. And then moments later, I need to vomit again. So I vomited again and again and again and again. This repeated for about three hours. I just kept vomiting constantly. And then it came to the morning and my partner <clears throat> took one look at me and she was like, you don't look good. Do you need to uh, see the doctor or go to the hospital or something? I was like, and I, I didn't want to. I did not want to go to the hospital. I was like, fuck no. She's like, we should probably call an ambulance. And I was like, fuck no, fuck no, fuck no. I don't want an ambulance, fuck no. Just leave me alone. And she was just like, no, I am calling. I'm calling an ambulance. And she did. And three of them turned up. Three. Anyway, that was fine. Three, whatever. <laughs> a bit of overkill, but we had a lot, we had a lot of paramedics in the house. And I was like, okay, yeah, we need to get you to emergency at the Royal Melbourne ASAP. So they loaded me onto a stretcher and they were just like, all right, let's get you the fuck over to the hospital. And they took me to the Royal Melbourne emergency room, which... Which is a busy place, even at seven in the morning or whatever it was at the time. Anyway, I was there and I looked like death. I actually looked like I was on the verge of death. And they were taking my obs and stuff. My oxygen was fine, even though I felt like I couldn't breathe. My oxygen was still in the good area. It was like 98 or something. So they weren't worried about that, but what they were worried about was my um, heart rate and my blood pressure. Because my heart rate was 150, which is very tachycardic. That is that is a very, very fast heartbeat. And my blood pressure was 60 on 30. Now, for those of you who don't know, 60 on 30 is basically dead. That is basically no blood pressure. There's basically no blood pressure, which is not a good thing. And they're like, okay, this isn't good. We need to fix this. Um, don't really know how they did, but they just kept me in the bed and they were just like, you're not allowed to get up because if you get up, you're going to collapse. We can guarantee it. With that blood pressure, you will not be able to stand up. And then over the course of the next 12 hours or so, my blood pressure slowly crept back up to a point where they were like, okay, well, it's still not great, but it's not as bad as it was until I sat up. And as soon as I sat up, my blood pressure went boom, straight back down. I'm like, okay, so we're not going to be getting up anytime soon. You need to stay lying down. Thank you very much. I was like, oh, fuck, okay, right, whatever. 
I'll just, like, we need to take you for a scan. For a um, CT scan, because since you've had a sleeve, we think there might be a leak. Which could be causing a lot of these issues, as well as, you know, the doctor trying to kill me with the antibiotic. <laughs> they had me on adrenaline for a while, too, which was fun, to counteract the um, anaphylaxis. So, uh, my blood pressure was still pretty shitty. But it was slowly fixing itself, I guess. Maybe. I, I, the whole day is a bit of a blur. Anyway, they took me around for my CT scan. And with CT scans, you have to drink this disgusting, disgusting, Disgusting fluid. It's so bad and it makes me want to vomit every time I drink it. Jesus, even just thinking about it, it's making me feel a bit queasy. So I drank as much of it as I could, which wasn't much, but they were like, okay, that might be enough. It's just, let's do the scan. So we did the scan and they sent me back to my waiting area in the emergency room. I say waiting area, it was pretty much just a booth with a curtain. <laughs> if you all know emergency, that is emergency. Um, so, went in there and then about five hours later, and this would have been about 11pm at night, they were like, you didn't drink enough, we need to do another scan, and this time we need you to drink the whole cup. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right, whatever, 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 whatever. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's fine. That's fine. So, oh, the, just the thought of that swallow stuff is horrible. Anyway, we went back. We did the scan. This time I drank the cup. And that was fine. And it showed, yes, I did have a leak in my sleeve. <sighs> So they sent me from emergency after this down to the ward, which was packed. I was in a room with three other people. And I stayed there for three days. At which point my surgeon who'd done the sleeve in the first place was like, okay, guys, we need you to transfer him over to the private hospital, the Avenue, which is private, as I just said. Um, so he's under my care. And they came to me like, so you can either stay here or you can go to the avenue. It's your choice. And I was like, okay, avenue it is. So they transferred me to the avenue. <laughs> Which was fun. Yay. This is where I got to stay for the next couple of weeks. So took... I got my partner to take me to the avenue. They said, yeah, that's fine because I needed fresh clothes because I wasn't planning on staying in hospital for 6,000 years. Uh, she bought me clothes and all that stuff so that at least I could change my clothes and be comfortable. Because we didn't know at this point how long I'd be staying in there. 
anyway, I got admitted and I went up to the ward that I was going to be on and they sent me into my room. And of course, you have to do a COVID test, especially since I came from a public hospital. So someone came in, did my COVID test. They came in, set me up with all my machines, put me on some antibiotics, put me on this stupid feed thing. And I had a drain tube in as well. And that thing was uncomfortable and made me choke all the time. Because the feed tube is really thin. It's a really thin tube. I notice it there in my throat, but it's not a problem. The drainage tube is a much thicker tube. That thing choked the fuck out of me. Hated that thing. But it honestly wasn't draining much. So after a couple of days, they were like, all right, I think we can take it out. And they just ripped it out of my face, which was a most disconcerting feeling. But I was happy it was gone. But I was also on COVID watch for like three days because they lost my COVID swab. They lost my COVID anyway. But once I was cleared, they wanted me to have a CT scan. Yay. So I had to drink a litre of the swallow stuff. A litre of that foul, licorice, fake-tasting, vomit-worthy crap. A litre. I was like, get... No! No, I'm not drinking a litre of this shit. But I had to. Mind you, I didn't get through the whole litre. I got through about two-thirds of it. And they were like, oh, no, that's fine. Two-thirds of that, that's, that's fine. That'll be fine. And it was. They got a clear picture of what they needed to. And, yeah, so then I saw my surgeon. He was just like, okay, so it's about a, it's about a five by five centimetre hole. You're probably going to be on antibiotics for about six weeks. You're probably going to be on the feed for the same amount of time. We'll see. It'll be a, you know, week-by-week week assessment. I was like, okay, yep, that's, that's fine. Let's just kill myself now. So that first week was... I was losing my mind. I was actually losing my mind. And you know the worst thing was? I'm in a hospital in St Kilda in fucking Melbourne... And I was getting fuck all phone reception. I hate hospitals. Too much machinery blocking signal. I bring that up because I hate watching normal TV and I was just watching shows on my phone. So without reception, that was a little hard. Anyway, so that first week dragged on. Same thing every day. Antibiotics every six hours, feed change every 12 hours. And just the routine was so boring. And at that point I was still feeling horrible, so I was barely getting out of bed. But the following week I started to feel a bit better and I was able to get up and walk around a little bit and sit in the chair rather than just be in the bed all the time have a proper shower but my cannulas kept failing I ended up having 10 cannulas fail now for those of you who hate needles that's probably a nightmare scenario because I have to keep getting stabbed 
So they ended up giving up on the cannulas and they were just like, okay, we're just going to send you down to radiology and they can put a pick line in. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Just do what you got to do. So they sent me down to radiology. They put a pick line in my right arm. I want to say right arm. Yeah, that was the first one. And that was fine, sent me back. And they were just like, oh, good. So now we can draw bloods from here. We can, you know, put meds through here. And you don't have to worry about a cannula being shoved into your arm anymore. It's like, okay, good, because I'm covered in bruises. And within like four days, that, that, that peak line failed. So they ripped it out. I'm like, okay, we need to get you back down to radiology, put another one in. This time, we're going to put in a double. So they sent me back down to radiology, put in a double, sent me back. And I was like, okay, I'm back. And then at the start of my last week there, that, that pick line failed. Couldn't flush, couldn't draw back, nothing. So it's just like, oh, fuck me, you people. God, come on, guys, what's happening? I can't take this anymore. I'm just like, okay. Well, you need to have a pick line because we need access. So I'm sorry, but we gotta, we, we gotta, we gotta, gotta send you down there. Gotta get another one in. I'm like, okay, right. Do what you gotta do. I'd basically given up at this point. I was like, I'm gonna be in here forever. And sent me down to radiology, and I was just like, guys, can we just not put it in the same place? That was like a horrible place. And the doctor was just like, uh, yeah, but it's got really good access. I was like, yay. So find somewhere with just as equally good access. He's like, yeah, but I like this one. So we ended up putting it not in the same place, because you can't do that, but like five centimetres above the old place. And I was just like, oh, that's just this equally as irritating but whatever i don't want to argue i just want to go back to bed so we got another pick line in that one is still in my arm and still patent and it's gonna be fine because i have another four weeks of antibiotics if they have to start cannulating me again i'm gonna be very pissed off anyway that was all good got the pick line in send me back up everybody was happy And I had to have my next my next CT scan just to check on how it was healing. That was bad because I didn't have to drink a litre of the swallow this time. I only had to drink a cup and a half. Except this time, it was really, really strong. It wasn't watered down as much. And that made it worse. But I got through the cup. I got through the cup. And I was like, yes. And then I got in the room and she's just like, and now we need you to drink this. And it was about half a cup. And I was like, I'm warning you now. If I have to drink the whole half cup, I will actually vomit. And she says, like, just try. So I, I, took, I, I took a mouthful. And I was like, I can't do anymore. I'm going to vomit. I, am, I'm, I, can't, I can't drink any more of this stuff. It's horrible. She's like, that's okay. That was enough. I did the CT scan, 
sent me back up to my room. And the next day, Dr. Chin comes in. He's just like, all right, so it's healing, but it's, it's still there. Like, there's still a leak. But it is healing. Um, we're going to try and get you home as soon as possible. You'll have hospital in the home where nurses come to your house. Every now and then a doctor comes to your house to check on you. Nurses come every day to give you your meds, etc., etc. Because it, you're obviously going crazy in here and it, it, you've been in here long enough. We need to get you out before you actually do lose your mind. I was like, yep, that sounds, sounds fucking good to me. So that was the plan. And my surgeon came in not long after Dr. Chin left and he was just like, it's looking good. I'm happy with the progress. Um, we're going to get you home soon. You'll still be on the feed, which I am. I'm looking at the machine right now and I want to throw it through the window. Uh, you'll still be on antibiotics. The nurses will hook that up for you daily. And yeah, they sent me home with all this stuff. Which is great. It's just great. Oh. I like, I just have no energy because I'm not eating anything. Yeah, I'm on this feed 24-7, but I'm getting very little energy out of it. Anyway, it's, it's that, it is what it is. Can't. No point crying over spilt milk. Oh, excuse me. So I was in there for about 17 days. I lost a decent amount of my sanity in the process. And because it's COVID, you can't have visitors. So other than nurses and doctors, I did not see anyone. I mean, yeah, I was chatting to people online. Thank fuck for Dylan, because without Dylan, I probably would have actually gone crazy. I mean, Saffron drives me crazy anyway, but she always has, she always will. But just... I think Dylan was the one who actually kept me insane. Kept me insane. Kept me sane. (laughs) I mean, occasionally, occasionally Dylan does get me insane. But <laughs> oh, talk, talk about a faux pas far out. Dylan was the one who kept me sane. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to let you guys know where I've been and why I haven't actually done anything about this podcast in a while. Health issues, basically. Health issues. And primarily after my first, after the surgery where I initially had the sleeve, I had no energy for a long time to do anything. And a lot of my stuff just got left by the wayside because I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. 
So I, I apologise, guys. I, I'm, I don't even know how many of you listen to this, but to those of you that do and are interested in what's going on, this is just an off-topic uh, update before I get back into it. So I'm hoping to get back into it soon. Because the mental health season isn't over yet and there's still a lot to talk about in regards to mental health and stigmas around that and people not asking for help and people needing to ask for help and feeling ashamed to ask for help or feeling ashamed that they have a mental health issue. So we'll get back into that soon, guys. But for now, thank you for listening. I do apologise for being away for so long. And I hope you're all well and happy and smiling and healthy. And I'll catch you on the next one. Love your faces. Ciao.